it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I'd pay for vacations with whatever was in my wallet, but I was missing out on miles I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet, finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's the best way to get started in the market? Download Andrew's ebook for free at stockmarketpdf.com. I love this podcast because it crushes your dreams of getting rich quick. They actually got me into reading stats for anything. You're tuned in to the Investing for Beginners podcast. Led by Andrew Sather and Dave Ahern. Step-by-step premium investing guidance for beginners. Your path to financial freedom starts now. Starts now. All right, folks, welcome to Investing for Beginners podcast. Tonight we have episode 214, and we're going to answer this great listener question we got all the way from the Scottish Highlands. So this is, hey, Andrew, I'm a regular listener to the podcast and have been since I started out investing just six months ago. It's been a great help, and I'm enjoying catching up on some older episodes as well as the current ones. Thank you for what you do. My question is about skills and about shorting. I really like the company because they have no debt, fantastic year-over-year revenue growth at 92%, and very strong GP or gross profit at 95%. Their marketing costs are high, but I'm okay with that as they are early stage so focused on revenue growth, which is working. What I don't understand is the online chatter about the stock being heavily shorted. I'm not clear as to how people know this is true, and if it is true, why would investors pick on skills to short it? Also, I'm very conscious that the day-to-day share price doesn't matter just now, especially as I've only held the stock for a month and plan to go long on it. But I'd be grateful if you could shed some light on this. Is the stock being really shorted? How do we know this? And why does it happen? I realize this is a stock-specific question, but presumably it's a pattern that repeats itself with many shares, so hopefully it is one of interest to your listeners. Many thanks, guys, and I'm crossing my fingers that you take this question on. All the best from the Scottish Highlands, Stevie. So also, P.S., I hope your golf is improving and that you'll travel over here one day to take on the best courses in the world. And I will say this, Stevie, you have a beautiful country. I've been lucky enough to go there uh, once. I did try Haggis, ate it, loved it. So I know that makes me very weird, but I did like it. And yeah, St. Andrews is actually the oldest golf course in the world. So that's kind of a 
interesting tidbit. But so um, besides the Scottish stuff, Andrew, what are your thoughts on Stevie's really good question? I've also golfed St. Andrews as well, but it was on a... um one of those simulators that talk oh. or shack. <laughs> okay. One of those. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> I, you wouldn't want me on there anyway. I'd be holding everybody up. <laughs> so let's take the first part of the question. Maybe some background. What is it to short a stock? I think if you're a beginner and you're tuning in and you really want like a really good breakdown on this, we had a episode back in early 2021 called "The Lessons and Blessings from the GameStop Short Squeeze." We had a guest. George Papazov, and he did a great job of breaking down shorting. Just the bottom line is people will root for a stock. That's when you buy it, you go long. And if you think that the stock's going to go down, you short it, which means you will make money if the stock goes down. So the first kind of question there is how, you know, is the stock even being shorted? And there's several tools you can use to look at this. I like to use finviz.com, F-I-N-V-I-Z.com. And they have this metric on there called short float. And it, so it tells you how, you know, what percentage of the shares are being shorted that are available. And so when I type in the company skills into Finviz, you get something like 22% which is really, really high. I mean, Dave, you were talking about some companies off the air mm-hmm. and you know, some really great companies will be shorted maybe 1%, half a percent. What was Tesla? Do you remember? Uh, Tesla was at 3%, which to me seemed kind of high. We looked at Microsoft. They were like 0.6%. Visa was a little over 1%, which surprised me. But uh, another company that I've been looking at, FIS, is their ticker symbol as Fidelity National Information. It's a payments company and their short interest was like 0.7%. So yeah, 20% above, that's pretty serious shorting going on. So basically a lot of people are betting that the stock's going to go down. I guess the next part of his question is why is it happening? And you know, why would people do it in general? And I think there's a huge, you saw it with GameStop for sure, where there's a huge backlash against any sort of short selling. And I think that's, you know, pun, excuse the pun. I think it's short sighted because there is value that short sellers bring to the market and they keep the game healthy and, and they keep managements from being too fraudulent and, and all of these sorts of things. It's needed for healthiness. You can't have all growth and no death. I mean, that, that would be an interesting world. You know, there are, I guess, many reasons why a company could be shorted. Maybe off the top of your head, what, what can you think of? I think probably there are several reasons why people would short a company. I think with the first one that I can think of is that they just don't believe in the company, whether it's the product that's being produced or the service that's being sold, or they don't believe in the management that's running the company uh, for whatever reason. And so Beyond Meat may be an example. Yeah, that could be. Ever, yeah, the product. yeah, Peloton would probably fall into that category at the moment too. There's just a lot of things about the company that people are all just like, and eh, no, it goes public and it becomes a public company. And then, you know, there's a good and there's a bad to that. And when a company goes public, Public, then it's out in the public. And so people can see all the warts, if you will, of the company and things that may have done well when it was private. A lot of that stuff was 
uncovered. And when, as soon as you go public now, it's all out there for everybody to see. So any dirty laundry that you may have, I know that that's probably what the company, the truck company, uh, Nikola, more recently went through some, a lot of kind of dirty laundry scandal stuff when the company was trying to go public uh, because there was just a lot of, I guess, shadiness that was going on with management and the financials and some of those things. So I think some of those things uh, really lead to a, kind of a natural choice of, of shorting the company. I think another thing that could be is that sometimes I think it is easier to short the company because you just don't believe that it's going to grow. It's probably more likely you're going to go the other way. And so it's probably an easier way to make money. And I think when you look at the share price of this company, it's trading around $10. And this is something I kind of postulated when Andrew and I were talking through this before we came on the air was that because it's only trading for $10, it's an easier company for a lot of retail investors to take opposite bet on that the company will do worse than it will do better because there's not a lot of money involved. It's not like it's trading at thousands of dollars and you got to put a lot of money up to short a company like this. So there's maybe more potential to make money if the company does worse than they do if they do better. That's something that I was thinking about. So I guess those are a couple of things that kind of spring to mind. What are some of your thoughts now? When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to Nerd Wallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before Nerd Wallet, I'd pay for vacations with whatever was in my wallet, but I was missing out on miles I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card worth more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Nerd Wallet, finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Budgeting was always a challenge for me. I struggled to find the best way to keep track of all of my money, not to mention all the time tracking down receipts, cataloging expenses, and trying to figure out what went wrong with my air quote system until Monarch Money. Monarch Money allowed me to easily see what is going on with my finances, helping me get a better handle on my spending, budgets, and more. It's my go-to app every day, more so than my bank, because I can quickly see where I am with my budgets and spending, allowing me to invest more and spend time on the things that I want to do. It's my GPS for money. Monarch is a top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com beginners. Unlike other personal finance apps, Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to set up, customize, and use. Monarch has built-in features to collaborate with your partner, family, or financial advisor. Invite them to your account at no extra cost, and they'll get their own login info and a joint view of all of your finances. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. Change the layout of your dashboard, toggle between light and dark mode, create custom budgets and notifications, set up automatic rules for transactions and notifications, and more. In fact, Monarch Money is one of the first to bring you direct Apple Card, Apple Cash, and savings syncing with the latest iOS 17.4 update. Now you can sync your wallet directly for seamless budgeting. 
After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's a top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash beginners. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash beginners for your extended 30-day free trial. Yeah, those are all good. An interesting idea about the retail investors. I mean, I have seen a lot of kind of headlines talking about how a lot of average investors are really moving the market right now. Mm -hmm. It's kind of cool. And, you know, you can move it not just through buying and selling or buying and shorting, but also there's a ton of options activity mm-hmm. that's, that really magnifies everything that goes on. And that includes when you see downward pressure. And so a couple other things that can really cause people to short. I mean, they, you have a whole subset of traders who call themselves technical traders. And there's a branch of that called trend following where you know, you just buy the trend. So you buy something because it's going up, you short something because it's going down. And so if a stock gets caught in one of those trends, you know, it's a lot of times it is the fundamentals that drives it, but it can become self-perpetuating and you can see any negativity start to snowball into worse and worse negativity. If that picks up a trend, then you can see it getting worse and worse and worse. Another idea would be if a stock just got way too expensive and if there was hype and then the hype went away, a lot of fads can be in that way. And if a company is in that situation, then that can explain the big short position. And of course, if people think that there's trouble with the company, if they think that it could go bankrupt or they're going to default in any way, then obviously you'll have a lot of shorts piling in there. Mm-hmm. I guess in the case of this company, did you see anything about to you in particular? I didn't know. I just, uh, granted, it's a superficial level of analysis. I didn't see anything that jumped off the page that just screamed, this is in bad shape and, you know, watch out below kind of idea. And that's again, without knowing much about the company or even what it is they do. And if you just look at the superficial nature of the financials, like Stevie was saying, there's some things in there that are growing as far as expenses, which are causing the company to, as it makes more money, lose more money, which may sound counterintuitive. But as Stevie adroitly pointed out, the company is in growth mode. And so When you look at the reason why they're probably losing money, more money as they make more money is because they're taking on more people. They're hiring more people to try to grow the business faster. A lot of businesses do that. And you don't just see that with skills. You'll see that with CrowdStrike and Cloudflare and Snowflake, any of the other companies that are out there that are in the tech world. That's very, very common to see that kind of pattern where they will grow their headcount because they're trying to take on more people because they have more demand for their products and their services than they can handle with what they currently have. But the revenue is being booked in the future. It's not booked today, but you got to take on that cost to get to that point. And the same in just about any kind of business. Sometimes you have to take on those costs, whether it's an inventory or whether it's hiring more people to get to that other side where you know you're going to have more revenues. But in the short term, you may have some losses or the financials may not look as good as they will six months, a year, two years from now. And that's just that's part of the process of businesses as they become public and start to mature. And not saying that skills is anywhere near maturing at this point, but it's part of the evolution as companies go through their different life cycles. And those are all things that as you learn more about finances and 
business and how they operate, those things will start to make a little more sense. But I don't see anything that screams to me that, hey, you know, look out below. Did you see anything like that? It's interesting you bring up the life cycle. And I think that makes it, you know, this is what makes growth stocks so difficult at times is because I could look at the financials of like a Microsoft or a Visa and those are going to be pretty strong. But if you're talking about being a brand new company that's innovating and maybe you only have like a hundred million dollars in sales, a lot can go wrong to, to really knock you out. I mean, you could have a competitor who's able to raise even more money than you at a short time and beat you out in your own game. Or if you're a really small fish and you're reliant on big fish, the big fish could, depending on you know how strong your competitive advantage is, sometimes the big fish can just swallow you whole and that's kind of capitalism. And so I don't think it's apples to apples to be able to say a company that's large and mature and has no debt is the same risk level as a small growing company with no debt. The small growing company is going to have a ton of potential risk because of the fact that it's small and the fact that it's trying to find its way into taking a piece of an industry that might already be there. Just to talk about this company in particular, I did not study it hard. I'm just looking kind of surface level but they are in mobile gaming. And so I have a stock that I own, Electronic Arts, and they have a few mobile games that they do. And the gaming industry in general is very, very hit or miss. It's similar to like movies and TV shows in the sense that these studios will put out hundreds of pieces of content and they'll get maybe one or two blockbusters. You see that with movies, you see it with TV shows, you see it with Netflix, you see it with games. And so like for this company, they're not in that game. They have a platform from what I understand that's helps serve other games. And so they're maybe more shielded from that kind of dynamic, but you still have a very boom and bust industry that has just natural cycles because of the nature of that. Plus, you have all of the drama that's going on with Apple with their iOS and Epic Games. You know, I don't know how familiar people are if they're not in tune with kind of the finance world, but that's kind of a big pushback right now is Apple's like the big fish in this company, Epic Games. They make a really popular game with kids called Fortnite. They're in a battle against Apple because they're saying that Apple is doing these predatory kind of practices and, and not paying their, you know, basically overcharging the developers. And so if you're a small fish, just like Epic Games is, or just like this company here is, you know, you would hope in, in a fair and just world that the courts can make everything fair and free trade becomes still fair. But sometimes it's not. And sometimes you do have predatory situations. I'm not trying to imply that that's the case at all here. I'm just saying there are additional risks when you're a small company, when you're trying to disrupt that might not necessarily be there for a bigger, more mature, more established company. And so that's why these companies, if if you're going to buy into them, be prepared for a wild ride. We we kind of talked about that several weeks ago, but be prepared because that's what comes with the name of the game. And that's one of the reasons I don't play. Yeah, that's a big reason why I don't play. And I think those are all fantastic insights. And those are all things you have to think about. When you think about why some of these companies get shorted or what causes some of this to happen, you have to think about, too, all the different characters and players that are involved in creating a market that want to buy and sell uh, shares of skills. When we think about a stock market, it's not just an electronics ticker or it's just not a place that everybody congregates. It's a collection of people that are buying and selling 
shares of a business. And like Stevie has the intention of buying this company and holding it for a long time in the hope that share price that he originally paid will appreciate and he'll make money from that investment. There are other people on the other side of that trade. They may be betting that this company is going to go down and they're hoping to make money by having the company go down. There are investment firms out there, and that's kind of what GameStop and the Reddit crowd were really going after with some of those businesses, that that's how they made money, was by betting on companies or investing in companies that they thought were going to go down for a myriad of reasons. And you still see from time to time reports that come out from those companies talking about why they think this company should be shorted. And in some cases, it's self-serving because they will do those kinds of things in the hope that they're big enough that they can generate enough negativity about the company that the stock price will drop. And then that's how they'll make money. And I'm not saying that all of them do this, but there are companies out there that they absolutely will do that. And I think that's what the Reddit people were really trying to go after was those people, because you could argue that that's kind of a fraudulent idea as well. So you have to always remember, though, when we're buying and selling stocks, whether it's skills or whether it's Microsoft or whether it's PayPal or Visa, there's always somebody on the other side that's either trying to take advantage of you selling at a inopportune time, or they're trying to buy it at a better price than you bought it at. So there's always somebody else on the other side of the trade. And so I guess we have to kind of think about those things when we were buying and selling companies. And like Andrew was saying, the shorting part of it, it sometimes gets a dirty name or kind of a dirty connotation. But arguably, there have been definitely times in the markets where there have been short sellers, whether it's a firm or a person, that have really kind of helped bring down companies. So one of the companies that kind of springs to mind is was a bio firm company a few years ago, and I'm going to blank on the name now. Valiant? Um, yeah, that's it. Thank you. Bill Ackman and some of the other people that were super big on them, there were other people on the other side of that trade that were really pointing out some of the fraudulent stuff that was going on with what Valiant was doing. And they really kind of helped bring to light some of the fraudulent things that were happening. And in that case, that was good for investors because that helped people see that, hey, some some of the things that were going on were not above board and we really should be investing in something like this. And there was the whole debacle with Herbalife and I'm not sure what's still going on with that, but there were lots of people that were shorting that. And then of course there was the whole 2007, 2009 great financial crash with Michael Burry and all those people that were shorting the housing market. They helped, you know, I guess, instigate a system-wide review of what the banks were doing and all the shadiness that was going on with the banks. Now, unfortunately, a lot of people got hurt in that and that was not a great outcome in that respect. But the, the other side of that is, is that hopefully the banking and the mortgage industry kind of learned something from that. And hopefully those kinds of things won't be repeated. But a lot of that wouldn't have been known if the people that were shorting it hadn't gone public and talked about some of those things. So there are times where shorting a company, even if it's a company we love and we can't understand why somebody is shorting it, sometimes there are good reasons for those things to happen. That's a great way to kind of describe some of the background behind shorting and some of the things that go into it. Yeah, it's not a black and white thing and it's kind of an emotional topic. So good to get both sides on that. He does have a follow-up on the question, he says, this was an email he sent later. If the stock is being shorted, how long is that likely to last? 
is the fact that it has been targeted as a short, a reason to sell if I believe the company has strong long-term prospects. How long? It could go on forever. (laughs) Uh, You know, I I think the short can last for as long as you are liquid enough to handle the short. Yeah. Jim Chanos, who's one of the more famous short sellers out there, I think he shorted Tesla for quite a while before he finally decided that he had had enough. I know Michael Burry tried it for a little while and he gave up. I think it really depends on the company and the amount of money that they're willing to invest and how think, how big a bet they're willing to take on that. I couldn't tell you in number months or years, I, I would have no idea. What about you? Yeah, it's completely random. I mean, we have as good of a chance as letting you know about that as we would what the stock market's going to do two weeks from now. Mm-hmm. Like there's no way to know. And so he is asking good questions about, you know, mm-hmm. how do I kind of deal with this and should he continue to hold it even though it's being shorted? Right. I mean, that's just a better question and that's a tougher question to answer. Yeah. I think it really comes down to your belief in what the company is doing and what you think their long-term prospects are. And if you really believe that skills is a great company and they have a lot of long-term great prospects. I could not speak to that because I know almost nothing about gaming and especially mobile gaming. I even know less. And so I couldn't give you an educated answer on whether this is a strong position or not. I could if you asked me about Visa. If you asked me about Visa, yes, I know enough about that industry that I could give you a good answer or not. And if you tried to short Visa, you're an idiot. So... (laughs) But I guess my point being is is that that really comes back to more of your knowledge of the industry, knowledge of the company, and what you think is a long-term prospect for the company. You're going to find, as you learn more about investing, there are some companies that are lightning rods for controversy or whatever it may be. Tesla is probably the most perfect example of that. Tesla has, you know, the fans, you know, the groupies. And then there's also people on the other side of that trade that think everything about it is nuts. There's both sides of that. And it's very much a lightning rod stock. And But you're also going to have companies like Walmart that's pretty generic, vanilla, generate a lot of emotion strong or negative and so you won't see something like that be a big controversy about a short or not but skills because it's a small company and because it's in in gaming or mobile gaming and maybe there's some negativity in the news right now that could make it you know by proxy a a little bit more i guess lightning rod controversial company that people may take a flyer on to short. I think it really comes down to your knowledge and what you believe the company is going to do. So what are your thoughts on that? 100%. If you think you have that circle of competence and you really understand the business, but make sure you do understand the business. And I think a great place to go when you're researching any company really is the risk factor section of the annual report. Because a lot of times good companies that have good disclosures, they will talk about who are the big companies? Who are the big fish that really affect our business? So Skyworks Solutions is a good example of this. They are a supplier, one of Apple's suppliers. They're not like a small company. They're 20 billion, I think, last I checked, which was a while ago. But they say in there, look, Apple makes up like 65% of our revenues. So we go where Apple goes. So that's something you want to know if you're buying a company like that. When it comes to a company like this, they're going to have similar things. I mean, I was just kind of scrolling through. They say they rely on AWS for their servers. So you want to take that into consideration. I also know that there's a lot of controversy with, you know, this popped into my head. In mobile, there's a lot of controversy because people are saying that 
there could be regulation because it's like gambling. And so that could be a risk factor as well. So every, I think a lot of industries might have those risk factors. A lot of companies do a good job of explicitly saying them. And so if your company doesn't do that, you know, read the annual reports of their competitors because somebody in there will talk about the risks behind, you know, governments thinking that this is that mobile games are gambling or Apple's struggle against Epic Games. Those kinds of things can make their way into the annual reports. So I would say it 100% does depend on how strongly you feel. And that should be the way with any investment. You know, you want to have that conviction to say, whether the market agrees with me or not, I have the confidence to know that I'm in it for the long term. And that's really the only way you'll find success. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. The other thing that I think that I would encourage people to do, the reading through the the financial reports to look for any sort of company-specific risks is absolutely the fantastic idea. It would definitely be the first place that you'd want to go. I would also try to look for any sort of other writings or annals reports about the company on the positive side and on the negative side, because you can get just as much from a negative viewpoint as you can from a positive viewpoint. And sometimes the negative viewpoint may point out things that you just may not normally catch or you may not think of, or they may have some information about something that maybe the people that are on the pro side of the company may not be mentioning because it maybe doesn't fit their narrative. And so they're not including that into the analysis because they may be overly bullish on the company. Sometimes it's better to look at people that are maybe a little, maybe not quite so enthusiastic about a company because sometimes they tend to overlook the things that don't fit their narrative. And if you're looking at the whole picture, then it sometimes will give you a better overview of what may actually be going on with the company and will help you pick out some possible risks that you may not have considered just by thinking about some of those other things. And that's all part of the pie of trying to analyze any company, whether it's skills or whether it's Apple or Walmart. It all kind of falls into the same kind of idea. And I think we mentioned this before, but it should be said again. If the price is really telling you something, in this case, Wall Street's telling us that 20% is being shorted, make sure you at least understand why. There's always going to be a reason why. You don't have to agree with it. But you need to understand why. Like, if this stock is so, or, you know, another stock so ridiculously cheap, why is it cheap? You should know why it is and then why you disagree with that. Mm -hmm. Just to say, oh, this is such a great deal and everybody's an idiot. I don't think that's not going to serve you very well. You got to know why things are a certain way and then you can make a smart decision after that. It's not to say that the price is right, but you really want to know why. Yeah, I agree with that's perfect. Cool. Okay. Anything else you'd like to add, sir? Nope. Okay. All right. I'll go ahead and wrap then. All right, folks. Well, with that, we are going to wrap up our discussion for this evening. I wanted to thank Stevie for taking the time to write us that great question for all the way from Scotland. That was fantastic. And that was a great conversation. So hopefully you guys learned a thing or two from that. And hopefully you were able to learn a little more about shorting and some of the ins and outs of that. So without any further ado, I'm going to go ahead and sign us off. You guys go out there and invest with a margin of safety. Emphasis on the safety. Have a great week. We'll talk to you on next week. We hope you enjoyed this content. Seven Steps to Understanding the Stock Market shows you precisely how to break down the numbers in an engaging and readable way with real-life examples. Get access today at stockmarketpdf.com. Until next time, have a prosperous day.
The information contained is for general information and educational purposes only. It is not intended for a substitute for legal, commercial, and/or financial advice from a licensed professional. Review our full disclaimer at eInvestingForBeginners.com.